2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you
0: notice? Check but the puck
1: comes right to
2: Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! Moments moment knows. It's the end. To
0: the line. Hughes jars.
2: Hughes and take you to listen. First career NHL goal.
0: Quinn Hughes
2: makes it 1-0. You're listening to Canucks Conversations
0: here, like, I don't I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave
1: the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down guys. Wow. We should do a radio show
2: together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. Thurl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! <laughs>
0: Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic, delivered to you by DoorDash. Go check out ZephyrEpic.com, promo code HockeySeason, capital H, capital S, all one word, HockeySeason, ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic, on all platforms. Go check them out. Check them out just everywhere.
1: waiting for you to spell it out there, because guess what? You know what I, remember we talked about the new set of cards that came out? Yes. The Zephyr Epic one, the, it's extended Series 1 and 2 for this past season. Yeah. You know what's in there? Jack Rathbone? Jack Rathbone no. Young Gun card. Is no in way, there. really? Yes. Okay. So people that, you know, we didn't really know much about the packs. I just recently saw it. I was looking around and I was like, I saw a Jack Rathbone Young Gun card on uh, eBay or something or yeah. randomly online somewhere. And I was like, whoa, I wonder where that's from. It's from that new extended Series 1 and 2. It's kind of like a Series 3. Yeah, there's yeah. There's a yeah. Young Gun in there. The hot one is Jack Rathbone. yeah. I'll bet it is. Yeah, it well, is. Well, who
0: else debuted toward the end of the year? That's I can't even thing. think of anybody. But like, it's Jack the only Reflin's thing that kind of
1: sucks is like, it's just his headshot. I wanted it oh, to be really? like him on the ice or something like that in a Canucks jersey, but it's just his headshot. Him
0: circling back on the two-on-one with McDavid and settle because Myers been, was up like, the good. ice.
1: Yeah, it's just like a, a picture from the back and it's like McDavid and settle oh. coming in on him on the I two-on-one. Think I, I
0: think I told this joke. Maybe it was a Patreon, maybe it was a past episode, but when we had Aiden McDonough on the show and he said, oh, by the way, my name's David Quadrelli. Joined by Chris Faber here. You probably already knew that. I think we did get some new listeners though over the past weekend. So if you're new here, welcome. Yeah, if you're new here,
1: or if you just came on the past week, you're gonna have. We have a big guest this week as well. Frank Cervalli of DFO is going to join us here.
0: Cervalli, Cervalli.
1: Okay. Well, I'm not Cervalli. Maybe don't say it like that. Well, that's a problem. (laughs) See, I'm not doing no Italian accents on the show. Fair enough. No No problem. New here. Thanks. uh, Thanks for listening. We got a. We did the, our best week ever yeah. over the past week on the show By for far. Lessons. Yeah. Uh, so incredible. We're approaching 200,000 total downloads of the my show. My goodness. We should hit that, uh, I think, on the weekend, I'm guessing. Thank you, listeners. Yes. So very excited Let me that. finish
0: my joke. So we had Aiden McDonough, okay. Canucks Prospect, on the show. I probably already told this joke on the episode, but we got new listeners. They want to hear my joke. So, do they? Yeah, they do. So he was telling us. That his group chat, their their Boston friends group chat with uh, Jack Rathbone and all of his friends was going absolutely nuts when McDavid and Drysaddle came in on a two-on-one two on, on him. And McDonough said to us, he's like, I don't even know how it happened. And I wanted to pipe up and be like, well, he was paired with Tyler Myers. So that's how it happened. Because that's literally <laughs> how it happened. Myers got stuck up the ice. And Rathbone was alone. Speaking of which, we will get into the defense pairings and why neither of us think that Rathbone should be playing with Myers. I don't think we're alone in that. I don't think that's a necessarily hot take at all. Uh, but we will get into that. We we did have a good weekend, though. A lot of draft coverage. We, on, Let's start on, there. Yeah, on our past episode, we had three of the six Canucks draft picks, including Aku Koskenvo, who I had on the show. Or is it Koskenvuo? I actually didn't ask him. Rossi, awesome, you're AVL. the
1: insider. Heard you yeah. on, You went on Sakeris and Price and had like a seven-minute rant. Yeah, and you blew away Matt Sakaris. He was blown away with your rant on Koskinenvo, and he's like, "Look at David Quadrelli running such a tight ship over there, Canucks Army knows everything about every prospect. That's the one prospect in the draft that you could have done a seven minute <laughs> rant me, on."
0: They asked me about Logan Stankoven. They're like, "Oh, did your heart kind of drop?" I'm like, uh, "You no. didn't know what hand Logan Stankoven <laughs> yeah, I was, like, was." I was like, "Uh, no, not really." I was like, "I was like, the only guy I wanted them to get was Koskenvo. I know you were did. joking,
1: but I texted you out, or you texted me after. You're like, "Who's Logan Stankoven?" anyways. <laughs> I know you were kidding because you've definitely, I don't know if yeah. you've seen him play, but you know who he is. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember watching quickly Stankoven uh, the first Giants game I went to, mm-hmm. uh, this is, you know, pre pandemic 2020, I guess the start of 2020, uh, got to watch him play and man, he scored a goal as a 16 year old. And like, you could see in warm-ups how good this kid was. He yeah. was on the, on the next level, but we don't have to spend much time on Stankoven. Let's get into the Canucks draft. Why don't you just start, you know. Do your do your goalie rant again. Whoever didn't listen to Sakaris well, and Price on the weekend, I'm not going to get too into it. And by the way, you imp- you impressed Cam Robinson as well quite a bit. I impressed Ian Clark and quite a Ian bit. Clark. Okay, well, so go, that, yeah, just go off with your goalies for a bit. Hands down, I'll zone out.
0: Coolest moment of my career. Uh, got to interview Ian Clark. That story's up at Canucks Army. Hands down, best interview I've ever done. Coolest coolest thing I've ever done. I'm thinking I might. Ask Canucks PR if I can put that interview behind the paywall on the Patreon. Because, obviously, we, we can't have him on the podcast. That's just not... That's against the rules. Um, but, you know, I like talking to Ian. Ian liked talking to me. Texted me after. Said, look forward to chatting again. And I was... I don't know. Coolest moment of my career. Because, uh, yeah, he just... Like, I don't know. You know how much I like talking goalies. I like talking to Kevin Woodley about them. People on the podcast know that. We've talked for, like, 50 minutes on a podcast. And, uh, yeah, I was talking to Ian. And it was It was pretty crazy. We just... Like hearing him talk goalies, it's it's insane. Like you read most of what he said. I most yeah. of what he said was included in that article, talked a lot about Mikey DiPietro. told me that he wouldn't have drafted Mikey D. Pietro if he was with the Canucks. When they drafted him, he wouldn't have wouldn't have drafted him. And he said, and that would have been a miss on my part. Um, because he's like, I love Mikey DiPietro Pietro now, but he wouldn't have drafted him. Uh so we, we got talking about uh technical stuff like that and uh yeah it, it was a good interview I have a lot of quotes from him that didn't get used in that story so maybe I'll periodically tell them on the Patreon but yeah sure. that was one of them he well, said he wouldn't have drafted the, Di Pietro
1: let's talk about Koskenvo because he talked about it with
0: Clark a lot yeah
1: there's a lot of things that
0: people don't like about Koskenvo yeah okay so here here's what's going on with Koskenvo so when a lot of people look at him and you know JD Burke was playing Warzone with him last night talking to him about Koskenvo and he was saying like a lot of a lot of people don't think Koskenvo is a good goaltender and you know his U18s really did tank his value like a lot of teams were projecting him like even Todd Harvey director of amateur scouting with the Canucks said that they thought they'd have to get Koskenvo in the third round so once they lost their second and third round pick they probably thought okay this is we're, we're done here like we're sorry they're first and third there's yeah. no way we're getting Koskenvo so when they were able to get him in the fifth or sorry their their fourth my bad when they got him in the fifth, in the fifth, no, that's what I'm saying. They didn't have a fourth. So yeah, they okay. were probably thinking they wouldn't get him. Um, when they got him in the fifth, they were ecstatic to get him. Uh, Ian Clark really, really likes Koskenbo. And basically for the same reasons that I do, the same reasons that I've been outlining for the past, uh, past few months in articles on the show, uh, the hands are, are are poor. Um, if you listen to the interview with Aku, I talked to him about that and he agrees that that's, you know that's something he needs to work on and another thing is he's not really calm in the crease he's he's very similar to Askarov in the fact that he really he's just jumping around in the crease a lot and he makes these five alarm saves that make him look fantastic and everybody's like oh my gosh look at this guy look at his explosiveness and that that's fair. He does have great explosiveness. He has great athleticism, but there's no structure to his game. So for an NHL scout, they're seeing that and saying, My gosh, okay, like what what's going on here? But for Ian Clark, that's the exact type of goaltender he really likes. And you know, he even said to me, he's like, he's like, look at look at what I did in Columbus. He's like, we had Sergey Bobrovsky, a guy with no tools, but we brought a cohesive package to his game. It worked out. Then I got Jonas Corpusalo. Did the same thing with him and then he goes then we drafted mers lickens and did the same thing like you know he, he wasn't bragging but
1: but like i gotta how can I gotta you not here. like what's the confidence level from clark like
0: because I, from what we've heard he's very, very he's very confident he's very no bs nice guy like super nice it was you know i i didn't feel like intimidated talking to him he's he's super nice and you know it was funny he even uh because we we disagreed on something, and I, I'm gonna, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he might have a better idea than I yeah, do. But I'm going on that. <laughs> limb yeah, exactly. Too. <laughs> but he says he's like because he disagreed with me, but then he also was like. Yeah, but I, who knows if I'm right? Cause we all evaluate goaltenders <laughs> with a different set of eyes. He's like, you, Curtis Sanford, Dan Clouchet, we all have different sets of eyes. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure my, what's my, your name doing in there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, yeah, my analysis on goaltenders is very similar but he did give me mad props for, uh, calling the Coskenvo pick. Cause I was like, I, I was telling him, I was like, yeah, I had bragging rights over Woodley cause I was texting him before the draft saying this is a Clarky <laughs> pick. Like they're going to, they're going to pick Coskenvo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I was happy to call that pick. And, uh, it, it was, it was funny how much I knew about this one prospect that the Canucks drafted. Yeah, it was because if they didn't draft him and people asked me about other goaltenders, I would have had to do research, but Koskenvo, I, I already knew everything there is to know about him, except for the fact that he's going to Harvard in 22, 23. I got that wrong. But, well, I mean, that was kind of interesting too, because he hasn't graduated high school. Yet, no, hasn't graduated. No, he's in grade, grade 11. Interesting. But yeah, enjoy the interview. Four.
1: The interview with him, and yeah. yeah, I think that's enough time on the goal. You had your run, absolutely. Are you happy with your run there, absolutely. Okay, it wasn't quite as long as the one on uh, Sakaris and Price on the weekend, but nope. it was close. Uh, we'll touch on other players in the draft. What did you think, uh, about Klimovic, the second round pick? That was uh, that's a big swing, I think. That yeah. was the thing that we talked about a lot. Big swing, a lot of talent, but when he showed up, you know, on a lot of people's draft boards was after his performance at one tournament, one tournament at the U18s, where he scored more than a goal per game. Uh, had the big hat trick as well against Switzerland. Looked good when he was on the power play. Could really shoot the puck. But then it had a lot of people diving into Belarus videos. And, like, I couldn't find anything on the second league in Belarus. I was able to find him in the first league in the first tier. I've watched him play in the first tier of the Belarus league. But he's already at camp in the KHL, and he's already scoring goals and putting up assists uh, in exhibition games with Dynamo Minsk right now. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about the quotes in a second here because I, I did hear from uh, Klimovich and uh, I'll, I'll read the quotes in a second. But your initial thoughts on yeah. them drafting, you know, taking a big swing on a guy who a lot of people
0: had in the third or fourth round. Yeah, I had never heard of this prospect before. <laughs> you edited my articles about him. Yeah, well, he's no Koskenvo. I'll okay, just say okay. that. No, um, okay. So I obviously default to scouts on this one and you know the the, the opinions mixed like reese Jessup really likes him cam robinson doesn't uh, i think jd burke was another guy who really liked the pick or did like the pick i don't know if jd really likes anything no.
1: i talked to jd about klimovich before the draft and he was saying third fourth round
0: well he also thinks koskenvo sucks so who knows who what, is what jd he burke know? anyways yeah what does he know it's non-elite prospects J.D. Yeah. burke over there as i like to call it not elite prospects that's why i just unathletic. said athletic <laughs> And the unathletic and anti-Canucks Army. You are just taking down everyone. Some people are going to get some uh, get that reference. Not everybody, no. but some people will get that reference. Clown Army. Cl- Clown Army. That's another reference. Um, what were we talking about? Yes, this prospect. Okay, so off to a hot start in the KHL. Like I saw you posting those today. Every I was killing myself laughing because everybody's freaking out. I'm refreshing my feed. Everybody's like, what is this organization doing? Like, they're going all in right now, which we'll get to soon. But they're, they're going all in and this and that and why are they buying out Holby? Why are they doing this? Like, it's just mistake after mistake with this regime. And then I look and it's just Faber being like, Klimovich just scored, and it's like all these gifts. And I got like it's just dirty so funny.
1: dirty Instagram videos from behind the net of Klimovich's goal from like doing some crazy digging. Found a good source for Klimovich this year uh with Dynamo Mints, already have been in contact with the team and have heard back. So like hmm. this is a big step up. And that I actually want to address this quickly right off the top. People are worried about him playing in the KHL because oh, he's not gonna get minutes. So he's gonna, he's get gonna get that pod treatment Polzin. like Pod Colson. Very, very different organization. If this is the organization that he's going to play with, with the KHL, this is not SKA. This is not Scott. This isn't going to be, you know, you need to sign with us. Otherwise, we're not playing you. You need to be long term with us in the KHL, otherwise we're not going to play. This team just wants to be able to compete. Okay, this team doesn't have the money like Scott. This team Dynamo Minsky, is just a team that's trying to you know keep up with the other uh, KHL teams, and they will play players if they help them. If they help them and they perform, they're going to play him. And already a good start for him: a goal and a primary assist on his first game, first exhibition game in the KHL. He's practicing with the team. Uh, I just want to read the quotes. Uh, from Klimovic about uh, finding out that he was drafted by the Vancouver Canucks. And by the way, there's a line in here, which is like the most Russian training thing that I love about it. So from Klimovic here, very cool. I've never given up. I've worked. I've always strived in that direction. It's justified. I immediately broke down and ran to the house. Uh, I think he was talking about the fan house where, where his family's actually staying for mm. his camp, um, where my father was already waiting for me to share the emotions from this event with him. This is my favorite part of it. I found out after our mountain training, so they were training on a mountain because <laughs> that's what the KHL does. Uh, on the way back, the guys watched the broadcast from their phones. Then in the locker room, the guys were the first to notice and show Clem, you were drafted by Vancouver, uh, fantastic from the mountain. So he was drafted while training on a mountain. How awesome is that? How KHL is that? I love it. It's so like
0: the gross grind, the prospects, that that's come what to a it. lot of
1: people are saying. He's, he's, oh, young. he's going to have a leg up when they bring oh, yeah. that back. He's going to oh, have a leg yeah, up. Most definitely. And, and yeah, it's, you know, a lot of people are expecting him to be in the queue, but if he does well on this trial, there's positives and negatives for him going to the QMJHL or going to the KHL, right? I mean, if he goes to either of those leagues, he goes to the queue, probably pl- plays against a lot weaker competition, obviously, gets to round out his game a little bit more, but he, if he goes to the K and has success in the K, that is, I think, the if you're one step away from making the jump to professional hockey in North America... There's nothing better than having success in the KHL. Because that that's a better league than the AHL. If he has success, score goals, and puts up assists in the KHL, he's going to do it at the AHL, guaranteed. Yeah. Or like guaranteed. You saw Reed Boucher's numbers fall off from the AHL to the KHL. It yeah. was a struggle for him to score in the KHL compared to the uh, AHL. I mean, he still put up points, but not at the same level as in the AHL. So if he's able to score and put up points as you know an 18-year-old kid in the KHL this season... Uh, he's fast-tracked to the, to come in North America, man. So if he doesn't go to the Q, don't everyone freak out because everyone's worried about, you know, the experience that we just had with Pod Colson in the KHL. If Klimovich is going to go, if he's going to play and Dynamo Minsk wants him there, like, they're going to play him a lot. They're going to play him a lot. It's not going to be a similar situation to Pod Colson at all. This is a guy that they're that they're not just going to bench because he's not staying, you know, unless he ends up getting traded to CSKA or SKA don't worry about it. This is a different KHL team in a very different situation. Uh other guys that we that the Canucks drafted.
0: Yeah, I was just about to ask you. Just we'll, we'll close out here before we go to Valley but just your thoughts on the late round swings that they took cuz it looks yes. like that they kind of followed the recipe of let's just go for guys with huge upside at the last part of the draft. Yeah, you know what was interesting and this is kind of why like I was my
1: theory going into the draft for the Vancouver Canucks was that we all know the Canucks have had success in Sweden, right? Yeah. That's something where they go back to the well every year. Victor Parisson a couple of years ago, uh, all the guys that they drafted this year, but this year especially, a lot of players in the J twenty National League are drafted into the NHL. It's a very good Swedish league for players under twenty. That league got shut down this year. We know that because of Victor Parisson. We talked about earlier. So my idea was like, I think that's where the Canucks are going to go with a lot of their picks and they did they went with three of them they went with Mirenberg uh, Gabrielson and Forsell because all those all three of those players unlike Victor Pearson who couldn't find hockey for a while and ended up you know landing in hockey E10 late those three players in the J20 they all found teams immediately like right off the bat when their season was over boom Forsells in the SHL yeah boom the other two are in hockey E10 so that was the interesting thing about Forsell they picked him in the 7th round out of the three prospects they picked he was the only one who got SHL games. That's why hmm. I love the Forsell pick at at where they got him in the 7th round. I saw some people tweeting about it that they were like people were making there was a long couple threads that I saw about people selecting their favorite pick from the whole draft in each round. Forsell was showing up multiple times in the 7th round. Like this is he was one of the youngest players in this most recent draft. We just had him on the show on the weekend. Excellent kid. I think my favorite interview that we had on the, on the show this past weekend, it's going to be a lot of fun to deal with him. Just a great kid overall. And, you know, the fact that he was able to even crack an SHL lineup last year. And you know, it's funny, like Victor Pearson, everyone's like, Oh, he got, you know, I hear, i hear other podcasts or other people on radio talk about, well, it was nice for Pearson to get some games in in the SHL last year. Cause if you look at elite prospects, if you don't watch him play and you just look at elite prospects, you're like, Oh, look at Victor Pearson. He got eight games in at the SHL this year. The dude played four shifts in his whole SHL time. He played one game. He played a hundred, he played uh, a minute and 20 seconds. In those seven or eight games, whatever it says, elite prospects. So don't look on elite prospects and act like you know what Victor Pearson did this year. Not you, elite prospects. No, exactly. Here we go again. <laughs> so, but Forsell gets in. He plays three minutes and 33 seconds in one game. Looks like a bat out of hell. That's what I, I asked Todd Harvey. Like, did it look like he was playing with his head on fire? And he said, yeah. Um, and, and I just found that he's going to report to SHL camp um, this coming month, like, or in August. We're not in August yet, but in August, he's going to report to SHL camp. Wouldn't shock me to see him get a chance to to really crack that roster, be a fourth line guy, you know, do something similar to what Arvid Kosmar did last year, and, and be an impact guy on the fourth line. They like Forsell; he's grown a lot in the past couple of years. He's my favorite pick of the draft for the Vancouver Canucks. Um, I've watched a lot of Myrenberg lately. There's, I don't know. There's a lot to like about the potential with Myrenberg, but man, there's some things that you really don't like, and I'm gonna write this in an article here pretty soon. A lot of people are like, "Oh, you're you're too." positive about a lot of these prospects. A lot Mm. of people have told me that. And I'm positive about a lot of things because I don't want to knock 17 and 18-year-old kids. There's a lot to grow. But man, the thing about Myron that I didn't like is like when he's skating up the ice with the puck or getting into a two-on-one situation, which he does a lot. He jumps up a lot. But when he's skating back to defend... There's not a lot of effort there. And I wonder if that's because it was in hockey E10 and it's a league that's it's like not Parison. really. That's what he said. He's
0: like, I'm too good for this. league. That's
1: what person told us that, you know, I think that those guys look down on the hockey E10 league. Mm. We had Alexa on. She, what did she tell us? There's 50 or 46 teams in that league. <laughs> what? It's, it's literally just a step up from like men's league hockey. Like it's that's so barely funny. a pro league. So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see where they fall. Uh, Hugo, Hugo Gabrielson is going to land in all next year. I think that's a good spot for him. Defensemen take a little bit longer to develop. He's going to play in the Swedish second division and get a lot of opportunity to play there. It'll be fun to watch him develop. But man, like mark my words right now, if Forzel starts in the SHL next year, if that's where he starts the season next year, the hype has to start getting real about this kid. One of the youngest players in the 2021 draft, picked in the seventh round by the Vancouver Canucks. Forzel feels like the pick for the Canucks that you know, is is going to be the one that looks pretty good down the road, even if it's just for value what they get. I don't know if he's going to be an NHL player, but right now that's an excellent pick in the seventh round. Um, Lockhart, don't really know much about him yet. I've watched a little bit of him play, reached out, see if we can get in contact with him, um, but we'll see what happens with that. He'll be in the OHL next year. Didn't really have anything to go off this past season because of OHL games being canceled. Um, but I do think he played in the P B H H tournament as well. So I'll try and get some film on him and get some updates. I'm going to have an article on each of these prospects. Everything uh, is at uh, CanucksArmy.com. Canucks like go check us out. Can we we'll have more Army. on the prospects report? Um, uh, I just put it out in an article as well. Just a ton of stuff about prospects that are reporting. Uh, Cosmar, um, is going to report obviously to his SHL camp in August. Uh, who else? McDonough is going back, uh, to in September. He said that on this show. Uh, who else? Who else? Who has Another prospect.
0: Okay, let's let's just get
1: Cerevalli. It's okay, okay, okay. Well, I got more prospects. Why don't you but do? we we'll we'll get
0: we'll past. get an article out where you just prime everybody and you so, say where every single prospect's playing this. Okay, year. sounds good. There you go. I'm okay. getting giddy. It's that time of the year. When I, I, know, about to start I know. I know. Right? I gotta I gotta pull you back a bit. It's like me when I get talking about goalies and yeah. talking to Ian Clark. All right, so get going on. So we'll uh, right we'll here. cut to some ads from our sponsors right now, and then we will get to our conversation with Daily Faceoffs, Frank Saravoli. So keep it locked, keep it loaded on the Canucks. Conversation.
1: All right, folks, that's right. We got a new ad finally here for Parallel 49 Beer. You want to get down to the street kitchen, folks. It's more than just a street kitchen now. Now it is a full-on beer gardens. Absolutely beautiful. You've seen Quads and I tweeting about it. The food's amazing. A ton of beers on tap. Quads as well. You've had
0: uh, not only beers, but what other drinks did you like there? had the Muddler's Pink Lemonade. That was very good. You need to go get the food, though. The food at the Parallel 49 Street Kitchen ridiculous what did we eat that one day poutine cheeseburger well i ate it all Waffle fries, and then we got those Korean barbecue wings.
1: Yeah, the spicy chicken burger. That's my go-to. But what you do, a little trick for everyone, you swap out the jalapenos for their pickled cucumbers. Very, very good. Highly recommend that. That's down at 1950 Triumph Street off an East Van. That's Parallel 49 at 1950 Triumph Street. Check them out in East Van and go down and try some beers and be sure to get some food down on that beautiful patio.
0: The pandemic and a slow economy are making it tough on a lot of people to find steady, good-paying work. But one industry is bucking that trend. Construction companies are hiring and need more workers than ever before. Upload your resume to icba.ca and get noticed. With more than 3,000 employers on our ICBA team, our employment network can connect you to businesses crewing up. For the 2021 construction season trades jobs that pay well offer excellent benefits invest in safety training and give a firm career foundation check out icba.ca slash jobs Squish
1: beverage, my new favorite drink of the summer, absolutely crushable, the right drink to bring down to the beach, the right drink to bring down to the river, camping, whatever you're doing this summer. Squish is the beverage for you. They have original hard seltzers and a bunch of different flavors, but the lemonade ones, those are my favorite quads.
0: Me too. I can drink more than one of those. They're crushable.
1: Which is good. So when you go down to the beach, you're bringing how many? More than one. More than one. Unlike last time. Absolutely. This is the hard seltzer for you. This is the hard seltzer for summer. Go out and try squitch. squish. You can find the original flavors of hard seltzer at BC liquor stores. But if you want to do a little bit of digging, that's where you're going to find the lemonades, my favorite.
0: And you can find those at private liquor
1: stores all across British Columbia.
0: All right, guys, very pleased to be joined now by Daily Face-Offs, Frank Cervalli. Frank, how are you doing today?
2: Quads, Chris, what's up?
0: Not much. We are, uh, we're enjoying a beautiful Vancouver day and it's a busy day for us here in Vancouver. So we really appreciate you taking the time. We know your phone's uh, ringing off the hook right now. So we really appreciate you taking 20 minutes to chat with us. Um So I guess we'll just start there. Like the news out of Vancouver that we've been hearing, there's there's been lots going on today, but I guess the main one that a lot of people are talking about is the Connor Garland contract. So I just want to get your reaction to that.
2: Well, I think it's a a nice fit for both sides. Look, Connor Garland has been playing on short money deals, and all Garland has done really since he broke into the NHL is produce. Uh doesn't matter that he's 5'10", 170 pounds. Um, He's produced at every single level he's played at. Go back to his days with the Boston Junior Bruins almost 10 years ago. Played on the team with Jack Eichel. Outscored him both in points and goals that year. Goes to the Quebec League, 30-plus goal guy twice there. And since he's gotten to the NHL, that's all he's done is score. Um, you know, And he's a guy that just brings his lunch pail, brings his, his, uh, his, uh, his shovel, and he's ready to dig in. And so to get him um, at 495, I think his ARB number was probably somewhere close to $5.5 million based on his production. And they get a deal that is, um, you know, some nice term on it for Garland at uh, and some nice security at tw- almost twenty five million dollars. And moving forward, they get a guy who can significantly outplay the contract over the course of it. Now, the
0: other thing we've been following quite closely is the situation with Braden Holtby. Now, we heard that there was trades going on and that there was always teams that wanted the Canucks to retain salary. And it didn't seem like that was something they want to do. They go ahead and buy him out. What's your reaction to that?
2: Well, I mean, in some ways, like, look, um, they did try. And they couldn't find a trade partner because you're right. Teams wanted uh, the Canucks to retain. And by that point, it doesn't really make any sense for them. That kind of defeats the purpose, right? Um, because the buyout is so inexpensive for the first year. So uh, just a $500,000 cap charge heading into next season. Yes, you need to fill the role of Braden Holpe and bring someone in. Maybe someone like Yaroslav Halak makes a lot of sense, but um, they couldn't find that trade partner. And so now they, they needed to head in another direction. And this was the time to do it. The clock was ticking before free agency opened.
1: And Frank, we've seen a lot of moves over the past week here for the Vancouver Canucks, and obviously a lot of them are in the direction of win right now. When you know, sort of sacrifice the future a little bit. We talk about it a ton here in the Vancouver market, but you're outside of the market. What are your thoughts, kind of looking in at the moves that the Canucks have made? You know, acquiring OEL, getting Garland, buying out Holtby. Like, is it just like what's the vibe? I guess outside of Vancouver on what the Canucks are doing.
2: What it speaks to me is that there's significant pressure on the Canucks to win next season. Because if you look at the way the, the trade was structured in moving out the guys that they did uh, to Arizona, all those guys were on expiring contracts. And so they really only had to get through one more year of some cap pain with Beagle, Roussel, and Erickson, and then they were in the clear. And so what they've done is they've made the team unquestionably better in the near term. And I think The Connor Garland, if you were to separate the trade into sort of different parts, Connor Garland for a first makes a lot of sense. And then what you're doing is you're taking on Oliver Ekman Larson in the long term and hoping that his career can bounce back, um, really in exchange and kicking, you know, some of the cap concerns that you have down the road a little bit with Ekman Larson's deal. And so, um, they get a little bit of help in that the Coyotes were willing to retain a little bit. And that was really the push. Um, you know, dating back to last off season was the coyotes weren't really willing to retain much on Oliver Ekman Larson. And so um the fact that they get Ekman Larson at seven two six instead of eight two five, um, I think that makes a difference moving forward. It it lessens some of the sting a little bit. And I, I think you're hoping that this is a guy that um you know can really be rejuvenated, you know, coming off a year in which uh, obviously the the Coyotes didn't have the success that they wanted heated personally. And then also the sort of longstanding, uh, I, I don't, I think it's unfair to call it a feud, but there was clearly no love lost between Ekman Larson and the, and coach Rick Tockett. And so Tockett moved on. Uh, the Coyotes haven't built a winner in the time that Ekman Larson has been there and he wanted a change of scenery. And now he goes to a place in Vancouver where you know, maybe does the Sabine connection and then being back in the organization help get Ekman Larson back on the right foot?
0: Now, we talk about the flat cap era, and the prediction is that the cap will go up before Ekman Larson's deal expires. And, you know, there's the TV deal and all that. And now I know this is a loaded question, Frank, because a lot of it depends on, you know, COVID variants and kind of if we actually get out of this and all that sort of stuff. But... When the cap goes up eventually, I guess, number one, what do you think an appropriate timeline for that is? And two, how much do you think it will go up by?
2: Um, I think, well, look, it, it all depends on the revenue projections. And I need to bust out my spreadsheet in order to give you a more accurate answer. Because the one part of the equation that we don't know yet is an exact tally on um the amount of debt that the players have to pay back to owners, I know it was North of 1 billion. And so um, the 20% that was lopped off this year to go to owners, you know, was the idea was to make a dent on that. And then, you know, the, the revenue projection for next season as well, I think it's around 4.8 billion. And so it, you know, I, I think there's a chance that it goes up 1 million next off season to 82, five, but that's, really kind of the maximum that I could go up to.
1: And Frank, we got a lot of rumors going around. Obviously they haven't really died since the season ended about Nate Schmidt. Uh, what's the latest that you're hearing on Nate Schmidt and possible trade rumors
2: here? I think the Canucks have tried. Uh, they've tried really hard to find Nate Schmidt, a landing spot. And I think what they've run into is really the no trade list that Nate Schmidt has. He submits a 10 team, no list and I think the teams that have had interest in Schmidt um sort of have all been on that no trade list. Um uh, my sense is that they're mostly Canadian teams. I think, you know, the Winnipeg Jets were a team that had reportedly expressed interest in Schmidt and, you know, maybe had a deal close to being worked out and they that he turned that down. I mean he wouldn't be the first player to say no to Winnipeg. And so You know, I think there are other Canadian teams that are in pretty similar situations that Nate Schmidt wants to stick to his list in that case.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be a little bit tough here, especially after you see, I guess, you know, two second round picks come back from Winnipeg there for Dylan. I mean, that feels like a big, I guess, big return for Dylan when I think what we've seen for rumors about Nate Schmidt and his possible return. Do you think that that trade affects what Schmidt's value is? Or do you think because of that no trade list, it might be a little bit lower than what Dylan went for?
2: No, I, I think it would be lower because the, the destinations are limited and everyone knows that. Um, that and also the other option would be that teams would want the Canucks to retain salary. And again, that kind of defeats the purpose. Not surprised with the return on Dylan. He's actually a pretty underrated player on the league. Um, almost $4 million cap hit for each of the next three seasons and, He's a guy that's so incredibly well-respected around the league. I've mentioned this on on our DFO Rundown podcast. Guys are like literally clamor to be his D partner because he makes life easier for them. And so um, he's a guy that was in demand. And I've been saying all along, if the Caps were going to be trading one of their defensemen, you know, it wouldn't be Nick Jensen. It wouldn't be Kempney coming off the injury. uh, It wouldn't be um, uh, Justin Schultz that it would most likely be Dylan because the interest would be there. And of course we end up seeing that happen. So I'm not surprised at all that the two first round picks were the price for Dylan.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it it kind of got Canucks fans talking quite a bit because I think a lot of people see the value in Schmidt and what he could be if he's in the right environment. And I think that's the part that kind of threw everybody off a little bit, but if they do, End up moving Nate Schmidt. I mean, they got to bring in someone on that right side to play defense. We've heard the rumors about Luke Shen, but are you hearing any other names connected to the Vancouver Canucks? As we're one day away from free agency opening now.
2: Honestly, I haven't. Um, hmm. I, I you know when you're looking at the right right D market, it's you know understandably a little bit thinner than the left side. But the funny thing about this year and the way that it's played out is. A bunch of teams have actually been looking for left shot D this year. Calgary is one. Uh the Florida Panthers are another. Uh the Philadelphia Flyers are another. They end up with Keith Yandle. So it's mostly been for a look on the left side, oddly enough this summer and and the Canucks are one of those teams um that's looking for someone on the right side. I do think the deal with Shen will materialize. Um you know, I'm just looking through my list here of the guys that could be on the move on the right side. I wonder, does a guy like Cody Cece make some sense? Uh, I think there's been some interest in Yanni Hackenpah as well, not necessarily in Vancouver, but around the league. Um, And, you know, people might snicker at the idea of Cody Cece, but it's interesting how the conversation about Cece changed because the expectation changed. And I think it all goes back to how we view players now in the salary cap world fans determine opinion based on how much a guy is paid and you know when he was making four million you know fans were all over Cody CC. and then at a million to five everyone's saying oh this guy is actually pretty good <laughs> and so um, I think Cody CC's is trying to get some term I wonder if he could be potentially a fit um, you know for what Vancouver is looking for and again just spitballing but You know, some of the other guys on the list here, Zach Bogosian isn't going to Canada. Uh, Travis Haminick, been there, done that. You know, Tucker Pullman, does he make any sense? I think he's a guy that actually has a lot of interest around the league as well. Uh, coming off of his year and and three year run in Winnipeg. So, um, the, the upper echelon, you know, market, it's, there's not really a lot of Z out there other than Dougie Hamilton on the right side. And another
1: spot where the Canucks need to to add some NHL players of value is on their fourth line. You know, even bottom six area, if you can slide one into a third-line role, it feels like a lot of these RFAs that didn't get qualifying offers, there's going to be some options out there, some pretty solid options as well. And now with uh, with the ability to bury a contract of 1.125, I believe it changed to this year in the AHL and not have any cap implications, Mm -hmm. is it going to be an interesting kind of market for these guys that are bottom six forwards like are we going to see a lot of these guys kind of move especially after seeing what the qualifying offers have you know kind of resulted in a lot of players becoming ufas is it going to be pretty active do you think day one for these fourth line type of players
2: yeah i think it is going to be active um really active so um you know i think that number kind of teams certainly have that in mind i mean even looking towards like you know, Pittsburgh ended up at the last minute qualifying Zach Aston Reese, for instance. And I know a lot of teams would have had interest, but like, you know, I think the hope in some cases was, does a guy like that make it to UFA? Because he is a pretty talented player that produces. And so uh, can you get him on a, on a deal that makes sense? Like, is does he get to one, one six, one seven, one eight, can you get a couple year deal? So, um, you know, those are all things that teams are looking for. I can tell you that, like, for instance, among the guys that weren't qualified, uh, someone like uh, David Camp, for instance, in Chicago, like that guy would have lots of interest on the open market. I'm just I'm not totally convinced that all the RFAs that weren't qualified will actually make it to the market, because just because you don't aren't issued a qualifying offer doesn't mean that you're a free agent immediately. You still have to get mm-hmm. to that 12 noon window eastern time on wednesday and you know i can tell you that some of those teams that didn't qualify are going to be circling back to players saying hey would you be willing to take this or that uh sort of in the last ditch effort
1: and uh jim benning has talked about it in the past couple of weeks here about potentially bringing in a russian to help vasily pod come to north america uh, one of those rfas that didn't receive a qualifying offer evgeny svechnikov do you think that that's a guy who's going to you know draw some interest here in free agency, even though he didn't really have a lot of success at the NHL? He did score at the AHL, you know, had some spurts of good offense in the NHL, but I'm wondering what type of value do you think a player like him has?
2: Um, honestly, I haven't heard much about Svechnikov, not mm-hmm. to say that there isn't interest, but um, he was one of those guys that was sort of um, up and down last year, taxi squad guy, in and out of the lineup, and, you're right, he has produced a little bit in the AHL, but not even really enough to the point where, aside from four years ago, that he's really moved the needle in a significant way. And so, um, you know, again, I think there's a whole list of plug-and-play players that are sort of in that same category uh, that there will be interest. It just depends on where they want to go.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to follow. I just found that it was interesting that Benning wanted to like go out there and say that they were looking for a Russian. It just felt like it feels like a landing spot, I guess, maybe. But like you mentioned, yeah, not a lot of interest in the NHL, I guess, uh, after his, his performance. By the way, so um,
2: just wanted to mention one other thing. I, I know the the Canucks are pretty set with Quinn Hughes and what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, it, does Tyson Barry make any sense on the right side?
0: Mm.
1: Well, I don't know if they, if they need to go that direction as a partner for him. I think they got so many good puck-moving offensive left-side defensemen that Barry doesn't really fit, especially with Myers as the other right-shot guy. Like you're bringing, it feels like it would be all like offensive guys back there. I think it'll be interesting to see, but I don't know about the money as well. What do you what are you kind of expecting for a Barry deal, anyways? Though,
2: I I think um, what Tyson Barry had um, on the table and and probably still does have on the table is some sort of uh, compromise with um you know term and dollars like mm-hmm. what I had heard was somewhere in like the three year range at like five and a quarter and then that number can sort of move either way where if it goes to four years maybe the AAV gets pushed down a little bit. If it goes to two years then the AAV climbs up right. a little bit. So I think there's been some flexibility there. I think he's had interest in just you know the the Oiler's got some increased flexibility uh, with the buyout of James Neal. I think they're still looking around on the goalie market, still trying to move Koskinen. Um, but, you know, they have the cap space in order to keep a guy like Barry. The question is, do they ultimately do it, or is that money better spent elsewhere?
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I don't know if the fit in Vancouver makes a lot of sense to us anyways, but um, I, I got my final question here for you, Frank. Um, just wanted to ask about the expansion draft day a little bit. Uh, you obviously blew up the Twitter world quite a bit. Uh, looked like you were having some fun. People were definitely enjoying what you were able to do on that day. Uh, how much fun was that day for you just kind of, you know, breaking
2: down every expansion draft pick it felt like out there? It was fun. Look, I mean, every day doing this is fun. Uh, it doesn't matter how little or how big the story it is that you're breaking. Um, you know, to me, I got a lot of heat and, and times to be totally honest, like it was like uncomfortable, not the heat, but just the attention that it got, Right. you know, I'm just here trying to do my job. And, you know, last week is in the past It's last week. And I'm just moving forward to try and break as much as I can. Um, you know, you're, you're only as good in this business as, as your next scoop. So, um, you know, continue to try and, you know, Pound the pavement, um, bug people for information and, and try and also be respectful because that was the other part of it. It's, you know, a lot of people saw it as me ruining the, the Seattle Kraken party and, and all that. To me that, you know, obviously that's not my intention. My goal is just to, you know, be accurate and be on time. And, um, you know, the rest of it sort of just goes as it is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of uh, having fun on the job, you've been doing a lot of great work at DFO. So just before we wrap up here, just for our listeners that Mm -hmm. maybe don't know exactly what's going on at DFO, just go ahead and tell them.
2: Yeah, we're building something awesome quads and excited to have you guys be part of it. Um, You know, it's one of those things where we're going to be hiring some awesome people this summer, building a team out. Uh, We've got a vision for some new shows that we want to do, uh, produce new content and on all the different platforms, be first in breaking news and storytelling and um, you know, really drive content to what's already been a great site. I mean, Daily Face Off has uh a ton of visitors as it is for people interested in the latest lineup information and starting goalies. And you know, it's funny just telling some people around the league where I was heading, they're like, oh I, I use that site. But like they kind of didn't know that they mm-hmm. did. And so now if we can become just a destination for people to go to for content as well, then I think we'll be able to build something really special.
0: Absolutely. Frank, thank you so much for taking the time. Enjoy the rest of your day.
2: Hey, thanks guys. Take care.
0: All right. And a massive thank you to all of our sponsors. And of course, Frank Saravali of Daily Face Off for joining us. Fun conversation. And we're going to get into some more things that we talked about with him there. A lot of rumors right now, Chris, first of all, I muted you. Say that again. First of all, all
1: right, I guess second of all, since my first one didn't come in, Frank, you know Frank had some fun on the expansion draft.
0: Yeah. You know he had yeah. a lot of fun. I, I felt bad when he said uh, when he said it, it. He didn't say it rattled him, but what he said was like he was uncomfortable with how much attention it got. Like that, I would be 20,
1: too. followers I saw that day. Yeah,
0: 30. 30? 30. Okay. Yeah. I got the report from Downtown Jay. Downtown Jay with their <laughs> Twitter report. What a gem. I, I just want Jay to come on the show more often because I get to talk to him a lot more. But uh, it, it's fun when Jay comes you on the show. You know what we need to ask Jay about? Hmm. is Oodle Noodle. Oodle Noodle, know, man. What do you know about Oodle Noodle? Oodle, I just saw okay. him post the other day. Uh, yeah. He, you know what? They do a lot of good stuff yes, in the community. I just saw that. Yeah. I just I was like, whoa, holy cow. Like They donated... So much food to local food banks. It was like uh, two hundred
1: sixty thousand pounds or something. Yeah, it was something crazy. Twenty six thousand. Yeah, and they're like
0: they're crazy. doing something right now with the Edmonton it indigenous two hundred sixty
1: thousand meals. Yeah,
0: yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, two hundred sixty thousand pounds. Um, That's not that far off. It. Eh, I don't think a pack of noodles weighs a pound. I think it's less than that. Anyway, let's regardless. Not, let's not do this. Regardless. I don't want to start winning. Yes.
1: We had enough with the bear on the fence debate. Yes. We don't need to get into how much a, a noodle weighs.
0: Yeah, they're doing a lot of good stuff, though, in the Edmonton community. Uh, they're doing stuff with the local indigenous two-spirit community. I mm-hmm. saw Jay posting about that, which is uh, good. You love to see that. So, Oodle Noodle. little little shout-out to Oodle Noodle, who you can't order in Vancouver because they're not in Vancouver. If you're ever in Edmonton, that's up uh, on
1: DoorDash. they got to be on DoorDash in Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, go check them out. Um, I hate Tons of news. Let's get into it. Tons of news. Where do you want to
1: even start? Let's
0: start start with the poll question, Chris. I don't know if you pull that up because the our business, your Your business here poll question was, do you want Luke Shen to return to the Vancouver Canucks? Chris, when Luke Shen finished his stint with the Canucks and when that one year deal signed, do you remember I texted you last off season and I said, I'm going to write an article about how the Canucks need to target Luke Shen and they need to bring him back. And you scoffed at me. You scoffed at me. What about scoff? You scoffed at me. You were like, because I said he would significantly upgrade their third pair from what they had. At the time, that was like Brogan Rafferty and you Levy. They hadn't signed Travis Hamanick at the time when I wanted to write that. And I stand by it. So, to see him coming back, and a lot of people, a lot of people are saying, Yo, he he's done it, you can't seriously think he's a top six defenseman. Like, he can't play on a bottom... I'm like, what? You don't think Luke Shen, who just won two cups with the Tampa Bay Lightning, played on their bottom pairing at times? I know he was their seventh defenseman. But, but I don't know if hey, you've listen, looked... 18 Sorry.
1: games in exactly.
0: the Exactly. So, what I'm saying, I don't know if you... You know, I know they spend a similar amount and their similar cap hit, but... Man, the Canucks aren't the Tampa Bay Lightning, just so you guys know. Like, that's, that's just how it is. Tampa's, Tampa's 13th forward could probably play on the Canucks' third line. Well, maybe not now. But last year, yeah. And their, their defense isn't much better than it was last year. So, I'm just saying, you bring in Shen on a third bearing, sheltering Rathbone. Like, you bring Quinn Hughes' personal assassin, as our friend Wyatt Arndt likes to call him. Quinn Hughes' personal assassin becomes Jack Rathbone's personal assassin. I love that. I yeah. love that idea.
1: Love the idea that, um, and you know, Shen's 31.
0: Yeah, thirty one not years that old. old.
1: A lot of, like, I, like, if I were to just not look it up and yeah, guess, I, I would have guessed 36, yeah, 37. Yeah, I would have guessed know. the same. But <laughs> man, 31, and it's about because he rebuilt his game exactly. with the, with the uh, San Diego Gulls and that. Which not a lot of people know HL. about,
0: so go ahead and tell that story.
1: So the way that, I mean, Shen was came, came in as a pretty high prospect. Obviously, a lot of expectations offensive for him as well, but... You know, then he fell out of the NHL. He wasn't good enough offensively to be an offensive defenseman. Fell out of the NHL. Had to go to the AHL. Really rebuilt his game there in the AHL to become this stay-at-home tough defenseman that you know you could rely upon to be a depth depth player. And it got him his NHL job back. He got him his NHL job back with the Anaheim Ducks. He had then obviously moved on to the Vancouver Canucks to finish his season. And what has he done since then? Oh, nothing much. Just went on and won two Stanley Cups while playing as a seventh defenseman for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So. Yes, he makes a lot of sense to the Canucks at 31 years old. He's willing to drop the gloves. We saw him stick up for Quinn Hughes in Quinn Hughes' game, and it makes so much sense to me for him to be – because this is how I see the defense playing out. Nate Schmidt's going to get moved. I think we're at that point right now where Nate Schmidt is – I wouldn't say 100% going to be moved, but, man, I'm pretty confident he is getting moved. Then they're going to need to find someone for Quinn Hughes to play with there. They already bought out Holtby to get some more money for this season to find that partner for Quinn Hughes if they can find a guy in the 3 to $5 million range to play on the right side with Quinn Hughes, that makes a lot of sense. And then you can also bring back Hamanek and Shen. You have Hamanek and Shen as your six, seven guys on the right side. You have Yulevi as kind of the seven, eight guy. The defense looks a lot different and a lot better with the addition of a guy like Shen to bring some depth. If you're able, to, I would love to see them go out and get Hamanek. I still think Hamanek makes a little bit more sense, but a little bit of competition between Hamanek and Shen might be nice. Like, hey, which one of you wants to go out and play with Jack Rathbone on that third pairing, you're going to play minutes, you're going to kill penalties. Both players do a very similar thing. And the thing that I like so much about Shen was what he was able to do with the Tampa Bay Lightning. When an injury did occur, he can play with any left-shot defenseman yeah. that's offensive. And look at what the Canucks have on the left side. All Gwen offensive. Hughes, OEL, Jack Rathbone, all offensive guys. That makes a lot of sense as a stylistic fit with Luke Shen. If Let's just say... That whoever Quinn Hughes' partner is gets injured and Hamnick's looking good with Rathbone, and Shen maybe just goes back and plays with Hughes for a handful of games. If it's Myers that goes down, Shen hops right into there too. I like the way that he fits with all of the Canucks' left shot defensemen.
0: I have to give you probably a... would look good with Ole Levy too. Just saying, Levy good. No, I'm just kidding. I won't go too much. I'm on the glad. Yalevi I'm Myers. glad you know. I'm glad you said you're kidding because nobody looks good with Oliya Levy. Come on, like, my article that's going to come out pretty soon in this offseason at some point, but Levy. I hope it convinces some people. I hope it doesn't run, and I think I get to decide that. Yeah, it's so. going to be on Daily Hive. Yeah, uh, Daily Hive. I'm Daily Hive's big rugby. 11, 11 rugby reasons excited. Ollie O'Levy might be
1: able to be- learn how to skate. I'm back with Daily Hive uh, potentially for the For the, fall for the sevens. Well. Rugby yeah. sevens again, yeah.
0: PJ can explain to you how rugby works. Hey, man, it's easy. Rugby's easy. You throw the
1: ball backwards, you kick it forwards. You, I don't know. You know what the funny thing about rugby is here, though? Like... I like rugby is a fun sport to watch. I, the only part I don't really understand is like, it's weird how they touch the ball down, but I guess it's like when you score a try and it's, well, that's the thing. Okay. Football. It's called a touchdown. Yeah. You don't touch the ball down, but in rugby it's called a try. It's not called a touchdown, but you do touch the ball down. Yeah. Why?
0: I don't know. You think I invented, I
1: think names? America's like ruined a lot of the sport, like ch- making, how did they not, how did they come up with soccer as the name for football. Yeah. Why is it not called football?
0: I'll call it football. Oh, because it's played with your feet.
1: Like, right? Oh, hey, the rest of the world calls it football because they kick around the ball with their feet. We're going to call it soccer instead.
0: And then we're going to invent a new sport called football where you use your feet like a very, very small portion of the oh, time. But, then they, but for some reason, it's fine in the United States to call handball handball. Yeah, interesting. It's dumb. Anyways. um, <laughs> Yeah, I guess there's there's a lot still that we have to get into. Hey, we're going to check the poll. We'll, well, yeah, check the poll, the poll question poll real about real Luke
1: Shen. People are very
0: on board with it. Because I don't think Luke Also, Shin... let me just say, yeah. A day after the market was criticized by Jake Vertanen's agent for being too negative, everybody's everybody's hyping up like a seventh D man. Yeah, I wouldn't mind getting into that in a little bit here. Maybe even like no, next. N- another episode. That's not for today. Okay. That is such such stupidity coming from Jake Vertanen's agent. Like it is just the stupidest thing. And even even you know he brings up Logan Malu with uh, Mark Bergevan and everything going on there. Next. Tony DiAngelo just... just
1: threw some fire at the Canadians for drafting him. No way. Really? Justin What'd he Trudeau. say? I don't know. I just saw the headlines. So it, well, could, gotta, it might you, not be you that. You can't best. just
0: bring it up and not, look it up.
1: You well, let me, get, uh, let me get okay. a question real okay. quick. Go ahead. Do you want to bring uh, the Canucks? Do you want. Man, you worded this. Uh, do this, you want the Canucks to bring this, Luke Shen back? This pissed me off how you worded this. Do what you want it? to see the Canucks bring back Luke Shen?
0: Oh, real confusing. That's wordy,
1: man. You Whatever. got long words. You coming, got, coming from you. Come you on. got long words Come in there like now. bring and back. Yeah, sorry. Um, do you want to see the Canucks bring back Luke Shen? 86% of people saying yes. 8% of people saying no. And their lowest yet since releasing a poll question with I'm angry. Only 6%. Yeah. angry. Cuz nobody
0: how can you be angry about Luke Shen coming back? I know this market's just so negative. How uh, the 6% of people <laughs> in that market that's that's who deserves all the attention in this market for sure. The 6% yeah. that yeah, are I'm always angry. angry. Yeah. Um Okay, more let's go. Lots of news. Let's go. Let's fire Yeah, some what was stuff the here. thing? Well, what did Trudeau say about Malu? Uh, you come on. Like no, we got dude, stuff. This is man. a Forget podcast. Trudeau. You look it up while I start talking, but you got to look that up. You can't just bring that up and not say it. That's like horrible listening. Just like me yelling at you is probably horrible listening for the people in traffic listen, listening to this right now on their way home from work. But you're going to look that up. The other big thing going on right now. His quote is deeply disappointed by the Canadian selection of Logan
1: Maillieu. Okay, so fair enough. I, I think And I think he that, says that it was a lack of judgment by the Canadians.
0: Yeah. Well, I've, yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Maybe you didn't have to look that up. Oh yeah, that was, pretty, that was just ga- yeah, game changing. That wasn't game changing at all. Audio. Anyway, anyway, Except Frank Cervalli <laughs> on the show, and but that was the best part of it right there. Yeah. Um. Should we just put featuring Justin Trudeau on the episode, featuring <laughs> Frank Cervalli, and featuring the Prime Minister? Yeah. Anyway, let's hop into it here. The other thing that happened today, Chris, the buyout for Brayden Holpe. Now, I didn't get to talk to Ian about Braden Holpe, but the thing that we were talking about a lot, you and me, and just I was talking about this with other people as well, was. The Canucks were trying very hard to move him, but they would have had to retain salary. The maximum that a team can retain is 50%. Now, the thinking is that teams probably wanted them to retain that much. But in an environment like this, and I know a lot of people are looking at it and saying, why did they buy him out? Like why why didn't they just make make a team or why didn't they just retain some salary and get an asset for him? The thing about this is they're saving 3.9 million on the cap this year that's a pretty hefty chunk of change like that. That is good. You're when you're only going to be saving 2.15. If you retain, I'm sorry. Like I know draft picks are valuable and I know whatever else you get back is potentially valuable. But right now in the flat cap environment and with how the Canucks are going all in, like they've made it clear they're going all in. They, they're, the goal this year is to make the playoffs. They punted on last year, but this year they're right back in it. They want to make the playoffs. They want to contend for the Stanley Cup eventually. Um, they want to get there. So when I look at this deal, that $3.9 that's going to be valuable for them. That's what they're looking at. And they're just looking at this from a pure, we want to win now. And we want to go all in perspective. Man, this
1: team is so all in for this season. Jim Benning has gotten his way. Aggressive Jim. Aggressive Jim has gotten his way. And the checkbooks
0: are out. Like, think of how much money they've spent.
1: Yeah.
2: Not not even just on the ice, but like bringing in the Siddines
1: is not cheap. Ian Clark's deal obviously isn't cheap. Travis Green gets more than we expected. He gets his whole coaching staff. They bring in Brad Shaw. Like, Bradshaw's not cheap. They've pushed to make this team a lot
0: better this year, and they have improved a lot. Yeah, they like, have. Man, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to cut you off, but a lot of people still having the discussion of should they have waited till that two year mark? Should they have? Should they have punted on this year as well? I'm sorry. I, I said it before, and I'll say it again you're starting to lose that locker room if yes. you come in this year with all the levy on your third pairing. And I know it's not all about your levy. I, that was Should just be. an example. Yeah, <laughs> that's just an example. If you come in this year with another dog poop team. Dog no, poop team. I didn't swear. Is that uh, the name of the episode, dog poop team? No, no. Because people are going to think we're trashing the Canucks like the negative media we are. Um If you come in this year with another piss poor team, dog you're, poop. yeah, I know, dog poop. If you If you come in with another team like that, you're going to be, and I know the team like that shirts could mean something else after the last year that the Canucks just had seventh in the North division. Um, if you come in again, you're going to start losing people in that locker room. You're going to start losing Elias Petterson, You're going to start losing JT Miller, JT Miller actually losing, like literally losing him, but losing the buy-in, I think from the players would have started to happen. But look, Bohorovat's not getting any younger, played 500 NHL games. Like you don't think he wants to start winning. They got a taste of the playoffs. This young core got a taste of the playoffs and I think the hardest part about winning in the playoffs, Chris, is knowing if your young core can do it. And I think for a team like Toronto, and I've said this before, their young core hasn't shown that. So if I'm a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, which I'm definitely not, I'm a lot more worried about my team succeeding in the playoffs than I am right now if I'm a Canucks fan. You saw what they could do in the bubble last year. I'm of the belief that that wasn't a fluke. And I think with the top nine that they're going into this year, I think they actually can compete this year.
1: And if they're able to make the right moves here with Nate Schmidt the defense
0: can get better. I don't know where I, if I heard this somewhere or if this just came to my mind, but you know, I, I've talked about Radko Goudas before. I like the idea of bringing him in. He was a free agent last time I wanted them to get him, but now he's signed. If you move Nate Schmidt in exchange for Gudis, you're probably getting an asset back on top of that. Like, I don't think you do Gudis for Schmidt one for one. And then the thing is, if you get Gudis, you probably don't still get Shen, or do you hope Gutis can play first pair of minutes with Hughes? Like that's what's
1: that's what you're gonna to have to move. Schmidt that's a for huge
0: question mark.
1: Even like today, and I've floated this idea in the past. If Schmidt is staying, maybe he's the one that plays with Quinn Hughes. That's a very offensive pairing. Um, but it's gonna be so hard to find. Like Frank brought up CC as an option. Yeah, depending on what CC's making, I don't know. It, to me, it's not. It's that type of player, but I don't think Cece's the type of the guy that I yeah. want for him. But it's that type of player. But man, the right defense market right now for free agency is so slim. Like Shen's one of like the top, you know, probably 10, 15 right shot defensemen available. And we're talking about a guy who probably plays in your six, seven spot. There's just not right shot defensemen aside from Dougie Hamilton out there that are gonna be good. And I don't think the Canucks are gonna be able to swing Dougie Hamilton, even though some Twitter folk are still hoping for it. <laughs> but I think it is possibly going to have to come from a trade. And I don't know if that's a trade that's Schmidt straight up for the guy who plays with Hughes. I I don't don't see that happening, but if they can parlay, uh, you know, Nate Schmidt into some picks and the picks are what you want to deal or heck man, would it shock you to see the Canucks move more draft picks just to get like whatever they move Schmidt for. It wouldn't shock me to see the Canucks pedal more draft picks to find a guy who fits with Hughes yeah, because they're already so invested in. And like, you know, I like it a lot, man. I, I'm I'm excited that the Canucks are going this direction and making this push to be a playoff team, be a contender, because it's just not something that we've been able you and I have been covering the team for I think I've been doing it for four or five years, you're three or four years yourself. You know it's not like it's not like we've had a good a good run yet. Like the run the best we've seen this team was in the playoff bubble, uh when they made the run and lost to Vegas, obviously. And to me, this team that we have right now in Vancouver is already I think it's better. Like, would you not say that the Canucks team this this day is better than what they did when they made a run against Las Vegas?
0: Yes, I agree. I, I think this
1: team's better. And I think that they can they can they can make a good like a good run through the regular season, get this team with to gel together, have this morale of the locker room be completely flipped from what it was last year. And I I like that Jim Benning's being aggressive. I know that they're sacrificing a lot of what the future is, right? Like, the OEL deal hurts the future. Holtby hurts the next year with the bio. But, man, like, I'm excited to be excited about this team. Like, I'm jacked up that this team's going to be a lot more fun to watch. I'm jacked up to see their top nine looks like three lines that I'm excited to see skate forward. I'm excited to see Pod Colts not be forced into a top six role. Hoglander potentially dropping down to a third-line role where he's going to get easy matchups as the leading goal scorer at five-on-five last year for the Canucks. I mean, there's a lot to be excited about what this team's able to do next year. You have an emerging goalie like Thatcher Demko. Uh, You know, Mikey's coming in at some point. Jack Rathbone's here now, like why not make a push with these guys? Like, why not? This is the, I know that there's, there's a lot of people that are still staying pretty negative about Jim Benning and what he's doing, but he told us he was going to be aggressive. I was worried when he said he was going to be aggressive. I think some of the, the trades that he have has worried me a little bit, but overall I've, I've been pretty happy with his offseason so far. If you, if this Canucks team goes in and goes on a playoff run, like a deep playoff run, you know, Jim Benning's going to be getting a lot of props for what he did. And if they don't, he's fired. So, you know, the people that want Benning gone, it might happen this year. The people that are fine with Jim Benning or think that he's done a good job this off season. If he makes him to the playoffs, I think he's got to still like win around for this to be a successful off season because man, has he gone out and tried to do a lot of very aggressive
0: things like he said he would do. Yeah, absolutely. There's some, there's some news around the league. Uh, The hurricanes are going to be signing Tony D'Angelo reported by Frank Cervalli. Wow. And there is interest in Jake Vertanen around the league as well. I don't, think it was also the hurricanes that were linked to him. I I don't know if we exactly which team. Um oh no, you know what? Yeah, David Panyota of the fourth period. Jake Virtanen has drawn interest from multiple teams including Carolina. He'll have options after being bought out by Vancouver. So uh yeah, Tony D and Jake teaming up in uh in Carolina potentially. So we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um but yeah, like uh, like I I know there's the investigation ongoing, but I think a lot of people, because, okay, I saw someone, first of all, there was people, including Jake, in trade proposals right up to the end of the season, okay? Without those allegations, without them, okay, if if those hadn't even happened, I still think with Jake's contract, you're looking at negative value. He's not, nobody wants him in a trade at that contract. And I think they still would have bought him out. Like, look at his production before the allegations came to light. And I just think like...
1: Have you seen like from the site that... Um, I don't know the name of the Instagram page. I yes. Get it. That but like seven yeah. more women have come out and said it. So yeah. it's not just... Like I know that you've mentioned if we're just talking about the hockey, it would happen anyways. But where this investigation has led, it's such a no-brainer to just yeah. move on. Uh, it's pretty, 10 10. pretty
0: unfortunate. But I just... Yeah, it's I, all alleged. I, that's the word course. we have to say. Yeah. Yeah, it's, all, man, it's all from that Instagram page. It's, yeah,
1: It's nice to... It's nice that the that we can that we can move on from this and talking hockey, but you know on a bigger scale as well. I hope that there's some justice served here in the end, if whatever comes from this situation off the ice as well. Yeah, because it's it's horrendous. Allegedly, it's horrendous. Allegedly, yeah. allegedly. Yeah,
0: it's tough tough stuff to read. Regardless, you can. It say really that. was. Um. Yeah. I just. Yeah. Yeah. That's man that yeah it is tough stuff to read so let's but. let's move on to to something
1: else uh just like a quick little update we just got this from pj as well brogan rafferty will not be speaking to the vancouver canucks at all
0: yeah that was actually the verbiage use he's not he speaking not to speak. the vancouver canucks yeah. i wonder why gone through a tough breakup here yeah i wonder why yeah he's got him he's got them blocked on
1: all of his all of his social medias yeah he's <laughs> not not really but maybe he does I don't know, <laughs> actually. but uh yeah i mean never really worked out with brogan rafferty obviously um you know, it's also, like, we don't have to spend a lot of time on the Rafferty stuff, to be honest, but I want to ask about Pedersen a little bit here.
0: Okay, so 21 hours at the time of this recording till Pedersen can sign an offer sheet. Rick Dollywall, of Donnie and Dolly, the team on check, is reporting that the I, Canucks I the are worried here. about an offer sheet. The quote from Rick is, talking to people in the last 48 hours, the Canucks are really
1: concerned about an offer sheet for Elias Pedersen.
0: Okay, I'm not trying to doubt Rick's reporting at all.
1: I think... The- <laughs> Rick talks to a lot of agents. Listen, I know Rick talks to a lot of agents, but, like, a lot of people on Canucks Twitter are, are scared because he changed his Instagram description or whatever the hell. What did he bio change it was. to? I think he just took Canucks out of oh, it. Oh,
0: Peterson! I dude about Rick.
1: Like, what, why are people concerned about Rick? Yeah, Rick's now. Yeah. Rick's bio on Instagram now is just
0: <laughs> He changed it on a Friday night. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah. No, the thing that you're referring to, Elias Peterson. Uh, took out his profile picture from Instagram that had him in the Canucks jersey. Oh, got it's rid of Vancouver. A though. I know. It is. Uh, but he did. It was a calculated decision to take it out uh, of the Twitter and the Instagram bio. He knows what he's doing. He, he knows, knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's doing. I, wonder, I wonder if the agents told him to do that. Eh? No. Well, you never know. I don't CAA? think agents are. Dude, they represent Harry Styles. Did you know that? What? Harry Styles, Quinn Hughes, and Elias. P- you know who Harry Styles is, right?
1: Uh, Yeah. I know what he is. Or what, who, he, what he is. Does. <laughs> what he does. Yeah.
0: You know, he's a singer. One yeah, Direction. He was in One Direction. Yeah. Kiss you, you,
1: great song by One Direction. Yes, absolutely.
0: We should close out with some One Direction today, I think. Well, Let me get my Bluetooth plugged in into the Yeah, to we'll uh, do that. But uh, we, we probably should close out. It's getting really hot in here. The last thing that we'll talk about, Connor Garland contract. I think we're both in agreement that it's a good contract. Four years, or five years, 4.95 million, I think is the exact number. Yep. Uh, backloaded contract in the last three years of that deal. He will make $6 million. Again, for those that don't know, that doesn't affect the cap. Cap hit is going to be 4.95 million every year. No trade protection on that deal, which I think is a massive uh massive win for everybody. I think I think people are looking at that contract and saying that it's not filled with bonuses it's or me out trade protection. Much, it's a nice deal. How many of these deals are like the Jim Benning is signed? It's like the ones that I would
1: expect that would have no moves don't get them, and the ones that I don't <laughs> expect do get them. Like, how did Jay Beagle Louis Erickson have no trades in their deals. And then Bo Horvat and Connor Garland don't.
0: Yeah. It's funny. Okay. I got to say like, how does I, Myers get one? And then <laughs> Horvat doesn't, I don't know, man. Uh, Cause he's not a free agent. Um, I got to say, so this Connor Garland deal, I think everybody likes it. I think it'd be similar results. If we put out, do you like the contract similar to Luke Shen? But one of our listeners, uh, Leo, Leo Reyes, he was tweeting about this a couple days ago. I saw some saw tweeting about it. He said, I like Garland. Everybody likes Garland. But please don't make the same mistake as Brandon Sutter and sign him to a deal before he plays a game with the Canucks. And Connor Garland's a different player. Like as Saravali said, he brings his lunch pail with him every day. Like you know, his work ethic is great. You saw Arizona fans tweeting Frank said he, he's bringing a lunch pail and a shovel and a shovel and a shovel. Yeah, he's ready to go. Um, you saw Arizona fans tweeting about it. They were they were not happy that they lost this guy for that. It was similar to how Canucks fans reacted when to Foley. Got away, but at least with Arizona, they traded for him, right? I'm
1: surprised you're able to find
0: Arizona fans. Yeah. Uh, you just look on the um, Arizona beat reporter. He was the one that uh, tweeted it. He's like, I've spoken to three fans. They're all mad. That's the that's about half the <laughs> three fan base. Fans, they're all mad. Um, don't knock
1: the Coyotes too much. Come on. Paul Bissonette's not happy. He's yeah. A, is he one of He's a.
0: I think he's a Coyotes guy or something. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't he's matter. The color guy for them. Is he? On the so. TV broadcast? On the radio. I oh, think. really? Wow. Okay. Didn't know that. Um, moving right past that, Connor Garland. I don't know. I, I like the deal. I don't think there's actually a risk of him coming in and just not performing, Louis in it. As our friend Tony Gallagher says, it's like Louis just forgot how to play. Gosh, yeah. Or we he checked with his him.
1: banker. You know what? Man, I'm going to reach out to Tony. We got to get Tony Tony on Tony's soon. take on what's been going on lately. Yeah, we like, we've been pretty positive about it. I wonder what Tony's thinking.
0: Oh, man. I love BMAC. We're gonna impression talk to Tony soon. we need gonna get BMAC too. That'd be a fun one. BMAC would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Why and not before, Boulevard of Broken Dreams? When um, so
1: your yours isn't bad actually. Your Tony's Thanks. not bad. Um, but um, what I want to quickly get into with the Garland deal is yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. You get him for under five. Listen, I I was kind of projecting that he might be in the lower parts of four, but I think seeing the Sam Bennett deal. That one like that really set the market for me. And obviously the Canucks were in conversations with him making more than than that. Right. Sam Bennett coming in, was it four years at four point four? Um, you're getting, I think, a better player. Oh, absolutely, in Garland for sure. Um yeah. and I, I like the deal. The fact that they were getting him under five, I'm happy with. Like, I think I wrote about it in Canucks Army last week. They might be able to get him for under four. So I was very off. with Yeah, projections. there's no way that was I, like, I, I haven't seen Garland play enough to understand yeah. what he can do. But yeah. I've been watching him a little bit lately. Um, and I've been spending a lot more time with OEL lately. Can I, can I quickly just do some, say something about OEL? Absolutely. Like, yeah, his defensive game isn't going to be something that that Canucks fans are super excited about. But he can still snap the puck, man. Like, he can really, like, he can snap the puck, make really good passes still. Like, that that's something that is going to be, you know, beneficial for the Canucks is that he is going to be the primary puck mover on that pairing, even though know, he's probably, I think he's going to play with Tyler Myers. Um, and then that's gonna be a that's gonna be a pairing in the defensive zone right there, man. That's gonna be something. That's gonna be like, yeah, uh, oh, I don't know what that's gonna be like. But yeah. but he can still snap the puck. Like he can yeah, still he can. snap the puck up to guys. He still gives good passes. Gets a lot of his shots on net, and a lot of his pucks find the back of the net because he's got a wrist shot that's accurate. And those type of point shots that you get with a lot of screens, if you can find holes, you can get goals. That's a good little uh, little rhyme there, Daniel Sedin. You can find holes, you can get goals. That's
0: I'm saving that one. Get it tattooed on you. Maybe not, but... Uh, <laughs> Daniel Sedin was talking about OEL yeah. uh, on the radio on Sportsnet 650, but... Yeah, I, I followed up Daniel uh, on 650 as a guest. Very nice. Wow. Not a deal. A little flex there. I like that. A little flex. I like it. Um, what was he saying? Oh, yeah. Daniel Sedin, he was talking about OEL, and he said, you know, I've already talked to Oliver. He's taken ownership for the seasons that he's had, and he's ready to bounce back. And I, I wonder, because we know he and Talkit didn't get along, I wonder what it looks like for OEL to bounce back. Like, what does a good season from OEL look like next season? I think OEL can still get 7 to 10
1: 5-on-5 goals Hmm. from the back end and still be, like, a 30-plus point guy. Yeah. Like, I I don't think that's out of the realm. I don't think so either, but that pairing that you're going to see with him and Myers, like... They better be controlling play. The thing is, like, it's depending on who's going to play with Quinn Hughes, but... That might be the pairing that's starting in the offensive zone with, like, the lotto line a lot. Like, when they do have an yeah. offensive zone face-off, it might not be Quinn Hughes out there.
0: Well, it might be if he's with Schmidt.
1: That's true, too. That's what's going to be... So, like. I But think you Schmidt's also are
0: okay on. with Schmidt and Hughes feasting on those matchups with Horvat like those easier matchups because now too. Horvat's going to get those I think well you know what we got to talk to Travis at training camp because if you're Travis, Travis right now there's a lot of questions for Travis well, yeah different lineup, and man. you know Travis likes to keep his cards pretty close to his chest but you know at the last training camp he was straight up with us like he was like yeah I'm going to match the lotto line because yep. I did that in the playoffs last year and it worked and that was the plan then he had to kind of change on the fly when they got off to a slow start and what a, what a gong show last season was but anyway i'm 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 interested to see how travis kind of approaches this is he going to use the lotto line like who's who's getting softer matchups the lotto line or the horvat line cuz i think it's got to be the lotto line because the lotto line can go toe to toe with any top line and still control the shot share and the goal share at their best that's what the lotto line can do they can yeah. they can play against anybody hey, we were kind of touching on it with
1: um with Garland here, but I want to get your opinion on how that second line kind of shapes out. Cause I think we have different looks at it. Cause I saw you agreeing with Harmon something that Harman said, yeah. I'm on the different end of the spectrum on that one. Okay. You give yours first. So I think it's going to be Pearson Horvat, Garland. Okay. I know Garland can play both wings. It's not something that I'm just not, a, not aware of. I know that he can play both wings, but I see, I see Travis green wanting Horvat to be with the veteran Pearson a little bit more. And with Garland,
0: I get what you're saying and get before I
1: finish, I, I, I know that Huglander was a better line mate for Horvat. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that Huglander assisted on more, scored more goals assisted by, and was a better player alongside Horvat than Pearson was, but I just think the way the Green coaches, the way that he's used Pearson and Horvat in the past, I don't think he splits that up. I think he keeps Pearson with Horvat. So I'll just say my third line then is Huglander, Dickinson, Pod Colson.
0: Okay, I agree with you, but I think that's a massive waste of, because Dickinson doesn't have a ton of offense. That's a massive waste of Pud Colson and Hoglander. Ooh, I don't know. That's a massive waste, and I'll tell you why. If you want to start putting Dick... Okay, so the way I look at it in terms of matchups is you've got the Lotto line playing against other teams' top lines. Second line goes out, you're putting out the Dickinson line to match up against them. And then that Horvat line is just feasting. Like, you're looking at a dominant, dominant line there. Like, they're going to they're gonna get so much offense. Mm-hmm. Now, Pearson doesn't give you that. What Pearson does give you is very, very solid two-way play. Now, we know Nils Hoaglander still makes some mistakes. I don't think that's going to change going into next year. I think it's going to be less and less as he continues to play, but he still makes mistakes in the defensive zone. He just gets a longer leash because of how good he is offensively. I think to put him in the best position to succeed and Horvat in the best position to succeed, you want him on a second line with Connor Garland. And then your third line is Pearson, Dickinson, Pod Podcolton, because we know what Pod Podcolton can do two-way. That third line... Is a serious two way threat. I just think with Huglander, it's not as much. You want Pearson there. You want Pearson to be able to play guy. in the defensive zone, and be able to finish.
1: He's gonna score goals when he goes to the net. Exactly. And he scores goals when he's with good passers. Pod Colson's a good playmaker. Yeah. You know that yeah, I, I see where that comes from with the logic. And I I think when I look at the combinations, I like that one more. Like mm-hmm. I like Huglander more with Horvat and Garland, but I don't think that's where green's going to go with it. That's what
0: I'm kind of saying. You're like, I like that. It it all depends on how he matches them up. And I think if you have Jason Dickinson, you're not using him in an offensive role. That's a huge waste of Jason Dickinson, but it's also a chance where
1: if you are going to match the Horvat line still, and Horvat's going to play a lot of minutes. He's not, he's not going to play less minutes than Dickinson because Dickinson's getting a matchup. Horvat's still going to match up against other good lines a lot which is why I think that you might still see that Horvat line used to match up just simply because they can outscore now with Garland on that line. Yeah. That you can expect them to outscore the other team's top or second line. And that's why I like the weak matchups for Pod Colson, Huglander, and Dickinson on the third line. I just
0: don't like Dickinson there because he's just not an offensive player. Dickinson's a guy who you
1: look at where a lot of his offense does come from, it's right around the net. So, like, he's the type of guy who can just kind of be a, a, you know, what did you call it? A dog poop disturber? So he's a dog yeah, poop dog disturber? Poops, yeah. So that's so he could be around the net when you let Pod Colson and Hugliner do their work. And I'd love to see those two guys on a line together just because of the the similarities and how they play the game, their aggressiveness, their playmaking, their quick decision-making. I want that pairing uh, to, to be together. And I know that Dickinson's not going to be the, the offensive guy that everybody wants him to see and, and score you know, 20, 30, 20 goals this year. But I think that he there's enough good pace play in Dickinson's game that he fits with those two guys and that third line if they're getting matchups against other teams third lines they're gonna feast so there's there's going to be a line that's going to be able to get after it for the Vancouver Canucks and, and I'm excited because it's, it's great to have a conversation about a top nine when the hell have we not had like we've talked about this about top six before with and Jimmy Canucks. VC you talked <laughs> yeah. about Jimmy VC Well, we've talked about like the top six of the Canucks and how they should play those guys and how they match up well and what we like about it but we we haven't talked about a top nine since we've been covering this team, since we've been doing this podcast, so the the chance that we've got to have it now, I love that for the Canucks, and I know there's going to be a lot more topics, and uh, I'm excited because now we, you know, I feel like we could go for another thirty minutes talking about more topics, but we'll save that for Saturday the end of the week as well. Saturday we'll have a and good hey, episode again. I think is this no? This will be one of the last episodes uh, in July. It's also one of the last times for you to sign up for the Patreon. Uh, Patreon weekly episodes where we're going to dive into a bunch of stuff. And we've got our giveaway going on right now. Man, I think we're one, one more Patreon subscriber away from us doubling the prize. Yeah. Think we have nine new Patreon subscribers in the month of July. appreciate everyone who's been jumping on. Uh you can sign up at patreon.com slash Canucks Combo. Bonus episodes uh where we where we break down Dave's baseball game, which his team just got wrecked. Yeah, it was a tough game. Absolutely wrecked. It tough was game. tough to watch. Anyway. It felt like I was watching an MLB play an MLB team play against one of the those child teams from the bench warmers
0: <laughs> that played against those three guys. Your team looked like a twelve year old team on the on the field compared I'm, to I'm the guys. oldest player on my team. And you it's, are yeah. We're in a U twenty six league, and I'm 21. I'm the oldest player on my team. Man, I
1: was like, I was sitting there in the stands. I was like, you got to try and sneak me in here. Yeah, I was you thinking, sneak me in. I am 12. Here. Yeah, speaking of the
0: bench warmers. Yeah, I was just I'm 21.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that would have been good.
0: But uh, yeah, sorry. The thing I wanted to bring up about the Patreon. Yes. Uh, so if you don't win the giveaway this month, if you join the Hero tier, you're entered in. We do giveaways every month. We give away two packages a yes. month to uh, to a different Hero tier subscriber. So if you stay on the Patreon, you're gonna win something eventually. But right now, yeah, the giveaway is available for five and ten dollars to your subscribers. And we appreciate the
1: the the help on the Patreon, the support on the Patreon a ton. We we're saying, I'll tell you, man, if the Patreon goes up enough, maybe we will get that Carol Baskins intro. We want yeah, our Patreon we thinking to be about it. we want our Patreon to be introduced by Carol Baskin saying Hello, you do it. You're
0: better than I am at it. Yeah, you cool cats and kittens. Welcome to the Canucks convo. Welcome Patreon. to Canucks That's conversations. But it's Patreon. like six hundred damn bucks. Yeah, it's so expensive. We'll Carol see. Baskin. That's probably not the best use of our funds, but uh, we'll we'll see. There's some good ones on Cameo. I'd love to get a little. Yeah, intro we we going. we could get a Gil- Gilbert Godfrey. He, he's on there too. <laughs> be okay. Yeah, well, might have to get him.
1: There's uh there's definitely some interesting ones. I Wouldn't mind getting like a wrestler. Like Look at me just wrestling. busting
0: out all the impressions, eh? On yeah, this episode, I did Tony G, Carol Baskin. I the just only Gilbert, person that Gilbert I'm Godfrey. really good at uh, impersonating it was, um, oh, I forget his name now. I used to have a really good Gary Bettman impression, but then my I think like my voice got deeper, and I was listening to an old episode of ours. Like, I I, I don't I know you don't hit puberty when you're 20, but my voice got deeper since then. Yeah, like I I listen to old episodes. I've always got deep. We did this a then. while ago. We listened to an old episode. and We're like,
1: listen how fast we're talking. We're yeah, like and so we were nervous. Scared. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was the intimidating first, you. The first episode, yeah, definitely <laughs> the first episode we did together, episode sixty one yeah. at BCIT. Yeah, we're just like talking so fast, trying to get everything toward in. Like we just talked really fast, and it was so bad.
0: It was weird to listen to.
1: Yeah, it was like it doesn't even sound like us. No, so it does Please don't go back and listen. Yeah, to it. It was episode sixty one is the only episode of Canucks Combo that didn't get over a thousand listens.
0: Is that the first time I was on?
1: Yes, that's so funny. It's the only episode in history that hasn't got. Hopefully, people don't go back and listen to.
0: In it. In history, like your first episode got over a thousand listens. Well, it's in you and like oh, in you and I. My history. Oh, okay, we've had a couple. Okay. We had a lot under a thousand. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I'm like, what? You'd like your first episode? I was like, if you started with a thousand, that's that's pretty. Intense. But for, for
1: people that tuned in, hopefully you enjoy. If this is your first time hearing a regular episode, because a lot of people tuned in to hear the prospects. I uh, appreciate you coming here. I think that this is the best Canucks podcast out there. <laughs> Yeah, Um, I I can't disagree. I think we're going to crush it in the month of August as well. We're just going to crank things up even more. We had an awesome weekend covering the draft. We have some fun ideas
0: um, for the training camp in Abbotsford. Now,
1: we weren't able to do it last week. We weren't because,
0: you know, we wanted to respect everything. Uh, You know, vaccines weren't really available at all. Uh, COVID was, you know, starting to go back up and they asked us, to wear masks in the arena and we wanted to do... Plus, we're all about 20 feet apart. Like, I know it was yeah, six feet, but the way that we were seated... Yeah, we, we were very far apart and we didn't want to go sit together and start doing it. But, you know, I think there's going to be an option for Abbotsford uh, training camp. I think we're going to get a lot of stuff going on. And I think, like, I don't want to hint too much, but I, I've got more than a few ideas because there's going to be fans at the training camp in Abbotsford. So we might even do some meet and greet. Like, we'll see what we end up doing we'll see we'll we'll see it's very very early stages but we have a lot of ideas if you haven't already hit subscribe go leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts and we never talk about reviews but yeah we haven't had one in a while yeah go leave the reviews from
1: everyone yeah Yeah. it's it's just quickly thing on apple all you do search up canucks combo click it tap it review it get out of there but hey the patreon the reason we're able to possibly do some live stuff from there was being able to buy this roadcaster here yeah you know, free plug for Roadcaster, excellent podcasting device, uh, and it'll be able to help pay for some of the gas as well. The people that support the Patreon, we really appreciate it. And like I said, I think we're only one more away from getting the ten. Then we'll double the prize. Absolutely, we'll have two prizes, uh, and we appreciate. It. I think the Patreon's a lot of fun. We we like to have some fun on there as well with our Patreon. You know, chatting with people on the on the page as well. So patreon.com slash Canucks Combo. We'll be giving away a package if you get on there the, in the month of July if you sign up. So August is going to be a tough month for for the Patreon because nobody's going to be signing up because we already got a lot new, a lot of new ones in July here. So, uh, yeah, just appreciate everyone. I'll let you close this out here, Quads.
0: Yeah, our thanks to Frank Saravalli of Daily Faceoff for joining us. And make sure you have you subscribe if you haven't already. For Chris Faber, my name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to the Canucks Conversation. Thanks
2: for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?